never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead, you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. Let me tell you, it's all interpretation. Oh my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. It's hard to find him. It's more than a place to stay in my mind. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember. It's not a lie. If you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. Welcome in to the Mark and Mac Show podcast. Both of us feeling a little squirrely today. <laughs> I don't know if it's age or frustration or just we became old guy. Get off my lawn guy. I don't know. I do think that could be it, though. I realized, Mark, the other day I was talking to somebody a little bit younger than us, and I say that meaning they're in their, I, they're in their 40s, but they're still idiots. And I'm thinking, is this really where we're headed as a country that... You cannot. I mean, have you seen on Netflix the movie um, Old Dads? Just came no. out. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I when you watch a comedy movie, and the main guy is somebody you really identify with. Okay, and you you you're not supposed to really identify. I mean, I guess you are if you're our age. It's just he has a kid later in life. Okay, so he's like our age or a little younger. Right. And beautiful wife. They have a wonderful family. You know, he, he's a business owner. He has two of his friends. They own, uh, and his friends are, um, oh golly gee whiz, Bobby Knievel, <laughs> Knievel. I can never remember his name. Okay. Um, uh, Bobby Knievel. Um, he's been in all kinds of things. And, uh, the other is one of the most interesting people of all time, uh, in terms of stand up comedy and, and well, comedy work in general um just phenomenal in that he had a tv show and at the height of his career he walked away he Hmm. just said i'm done i'm leaving and right now his name is escaping me (laughs) he probably shouldn't have walked away (laughs) um come on dave african-american guy oh well I'm an idiot.com. Anyway, as I'm watching this movie, Bill Burr, he plays this guy, Jack Kelly, and he's had the kids late in life and he's married. He's happily married. He owns his company with two of his buddies. It's called trifecta. And they produce, they sell old style, uh, uniform stuff. You know, like people wear as a style, as a fashion statement, old jerseys of your, you know, like the Brooklyn Dodgers Jersey kind of thing. I'm with you. All right. Yeah. And, and is it's the beginning of the movie it shows them all in their different the, the each of the men dealing with their different situations being older being guys in their 40s and 50s having children and then um they sell their company because well they're concerned about their children going to college and things like that and boom they get an offer they sell the company that started trifecta the three guys right and by selling it they also signed contracts employment contracts to basically become workers at their own company the company they founded not an uncommon thing um, okay. when you sell out on a big company like that. And that's, that's what they do. And this guy comes in um, and on their, on his first day after they've sold the company, right? The new guy comes in and he look he's, he looks like he's about 28. 
and I'm being generous. <laughs> and he brags about, I, I've been with 15 different startups, you know, already. And you're, that's really not something to brag about, dude. You know, in our world, in our world, you didn't want to have that kind of turnover in your career. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it did not bode well for you if you worked that many jobs. As a matter of fact, I remember um, a friend of mine leaving jobs off his resume because it was like, that'll look horrible, you know? And so anyway, and he stands there and he says, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to be liberating a few people. Um, they're like liberating, meaning you're going to fire people today. And yeah. Liberate. Anybody born before 1988. Wow. Anybody over 35, you're letting go. Yeah, but we're, we're going to, we're, we signed them up for, you know, some job thing. But anyway, as I'm watching, I had to turn it off. I couldn't, I had to stop watching the movie because I'm like, I think I'm supposed to be laughing at this, uh-huh. but I'm identifying with it way too much. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's almost like just watching that movie with uh, Michael Douglas back in the late eighties, early nineties, where he had the baseball bat. He just got fed up with things and starts beating oh, on yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Not Beaver Puster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I was identifying with Bill Burr's character so much. Wow. Except for the profanity. There's a lot yeah. of profanity in these movies. And I will tell you, I don't understand why com- comedy movies in particular decide to use profanity in such creative I ways. Yeah. I, I've always thought that the best comedy was that which I don't mind offense, but language skill. You should have better language skill than to use profanity. Profanity is a weakness of vocabulary. At least mm-hmm. that's. I guess what I was told or what I believe. Yeah. And when I hear it, even now, when I hear, say, see somebody that's famous, you know, or well-known, I, and they drop an F-bomb mm-hmm. on, as a regular part of their speech, my yeah. opinion of them goes down. Does it with yeah. you? Yeah, same here. Okay. I see it a lot. I see it a lot. Mm-hmm. It just, it's amazing that, that people fall back on that. And, and yeah. it, it actually it used to be a standard. Um, you know, you remember... I told you about going to see Brad Stein in Atlanta that time. Yes. And his oh, warm up wow. guy, his warm up guy dropped an F bomb. He lost the crowd. Right. You know, dropped an F bomb to get their attention. And uh and he By the actually way, said, before oh, you so go on, Dave it's... Chappelle was the other actor I was trying to think of. All right, Dave Chappelle. All right. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so the guy the guy uh, is has lost the crowd. You know, he's yeah. uh, people are Kind of chatting among themselves while he's doing his act, and he drops an f bomb, and 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 everybody goes, everybody in shock laughs at the at the you know the profanity, and he says, "Oh, I see what it's going to take to keep your attention now," and I mentioned that to to Brad to Brad Stein afterwards, you know, as I we were walking out mm-hmm. and stopped to shook hands, chatted for a minute, and he said, "Oh man, that's not supposed to happen. He knows it's not supposed to happen. We do we have you know we had an understanding, and there are mm-hmm. those there are those out there that work that way. They will not do that." They just won't go for the cheap laugh. Okay. They'll go for the cheap laugh. They just won't go for the profane cheap laugh. Right. <laughs> and it, like That's I said, it used to be a standard. Not so much anymore. I mean, these, these guys, they work that way all the time. And I've noticed that um, uh, I've seen videos of people who were at the, uh, the dry bar tour. They go into the dry yeah. bar comedy thing. Yeah. And they do their act clean. And then I've mm-hmm. seen clips of them elsewhere doing some of the same stuff and they're dropping, they're dropping right. words, you know? Yes. They clean it up for dry bar and some of them actually right. joke about cleaning it up for dry bar. Oh, know? wow. And then you see them out there on the road at other places where they've been recorded and they're not. But the Man. thing is when you see the two, right, you contrast mm-hmm. the two, they're funny without it. 
Right. So yes. why why degrade themselves, the language, and their mm-hmm. audience by going that way? You know, just why? I, I know. And I, by the way, I was mistaken. It wasn't Dave Chappelle I was thinking of. It was uh, Bokeem Woodbine. Um, wow, I can you see how you get those two guys mixed up. Now, what? You, you, would re- you would know what I'm talking about. If you look him up, you'll see what I'm saying. It's just, right. I don't know. My mind just went, I was... I was actually thinking of uh, Dave Chappelle and a star is born when I saw this and saw his parts in this, but it's Bokeem Woodbine. Anyway, okay. in watching that movie, I had to turn it off because I thought this, this guy's it's all punchline. This it's funny. Okay. That he's this guy who's saying things out loud that a lot of people think my problem is, is I'm watching it and I'm seeing him get the reaction. Okay. I'll give you an example. He's late to pick up his child at school. And it's this private school. This is why they they sold the business because he needed money to put his kid in private school and put money away for his college and all that. So they sell the company so I'll have that money so they can live this rich guy life. Anyway, so he's two minutes late to pick his son up from school. And as he walks in to pick his son up, he couldn't find a place to park. They were th- there was no place. Yeah. I mean, not an excuse, just there was no place to park. So when he finally got it, he was two minutes late. And he walks in there and the woman, the pre- head headmaster or whatever, says you're late and she's standing there with two or three other women and i'm pretty sure they were women yeah they were and <laughs> as this yeah um gotta be careful these days so she says you were late and he walks by and gets his son he says, yeah yeah i couldn't find a place to park and he comes back he's got his son in his arms now he's loving him oh, i miss you man and he walks back by the head master and she says you were late but you know he goes I told you I, there was no place to park. She said, oh, we don't accept accept excuses here. We, and he looks at her and uh, it, she's dressing him down in front of his child and right, in front yeah, of other yeah. adults. Yeah. And he says, um, it's not an excuse. It's what happened. That's not an excuse. And she said, did you read the manual? And like anybody, <laughs> when somebody asks you that, do not say you have, if you haven't, how did he didn't learn this lesson already, but he blows it up. Yeah. Yeah. I read, I read the manual. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then she and the other women and I look at him like, well, okay. And in the manual, it tells you, and that's what she points out to him, you know, that it's a dollar for every minute you're late. So now he sets his kid down and he reaches into his pocket and grabs a $5 bill. He goes, I don't have change here. And she looks at him. She goes, Oh, the first time is free. He goes, why did you let me set my kid down and get the money out of my pocket and hand it to you when you, you could have told me that saved the app. She goes, well, hey, if you hadn't lied, if you read the manual, you would have known that. (laughs) And he then loses it on her. Okay. Calls her stumpy and a few other neat words. And, uh, here's a quarter. (laughs) Yes. And the next, and anyway, it blows up into this thing. So the next day. He, his wife says, you got to go apologize. She writes letters of recommendation. He won't be able to get into any kind of school. And he's like, wait a minute. He won't be able to, he, he won't be able to get in first grade at an elementary school. No, not <laughs> if she doesn't write it. You know, she writes letters of recommendation and anyway, and it's like, but so who go to public school? You know what? What's the big deal? Anyway. So the bottom line on all of it is they go through all this whole rigmarole, man. And he has this blow up and he walks away. Next day he goes to apologize to her because his wife makes him. So he goes in to apologize and it's a well thought out pleasant. I'm sorry. And she accepts it, but then she walks him around and they have stayed because he had to make a meeting to come and see her. 
So while he had the meeting planned and he goes and says, you know, he's sorry. She has everybody. All the parents are now there and he has to do it in front of everybody, <laughs> humiliating him in front of the entire. And then wow. after he apologizes, says he was wrong, then they all get to say something back to him. Wow. And this and he's like, there are only four people here. And this one woman says, I wasn't here when it happened yesterday, but I heard about it. And it just really, it, it really hurt my heart to think of the children that could have heard this. And it's like, but, but you and your kid weren't here. Why am I apologizing to you? You know, it was something most of us would think, but that's how it went on. And then they all had to tell him, you know, and he called the woman stumpy because she's short. And there's big old, there, there's this big, big guy, really mm -hmm. big African-American guy. Not just fat. I mean, he wasn't fat. He was just a big guy. But yeah. he talked about calling her stumpy is like using the N-word, you know. And it's like he was offended by it. They were all offended. And he goes, I have to apologize to you because you weren't here and couldn't have been offended. But now that you guys have all shared it and Twittered about it and everything else, I have to now apologize. Do I need to apologize to the world now? I mean, is everybody <laughs> offended? And that's what got me. That's when I had to stop watching because I realized, Mark, that is the way today is. Yeah. People find a reason to be offended, to get their feelings hurt, and to demand that you accept them. And Bill Burr did go through this diatribe about how people being overweight is a problem. Attack, you know, he did this yeah. whole thing. And it was very intellectual. It was very funny. And ten years ago, would have or twenty years ago, maybe would have gotten huge laughs talking about fat people. Mm -hmm. But he can't do that. This guy is a very large man. He's a you know calorically challenged or whatever they call fat people now. And uh, anyway, I had to turn it off because right then I realized that is, I am, I am now him and that's the world we live in. The only difference wow. is I have learned a few lessons in my life. Thankfully, a lot of them taught by Mark Congleton of biting my lip, chewing my tongue and not saying what I really want to say, basically so I can go home and just get away mm. because I can't, you, you can't make anybody happy anymore. They don't want to be happy. They want to be miserable. They want to have a reason to be offended. And when you live in a world where people are looking for ways to be offended, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to offend you. If I say anything, <laughs> not in my nature to be quiet, Mark, No. but I realized right there, I turned the movie and it's a funny movie. What I saw again, yeah. language got me. Every five yeah. words, there was an F bomb being dropped. There were there were words yeah. in there. I haven't actually. There was profanity. I think they added to this movie that because they're not used regularly anymore. I mean, some of it was like, I think I need they to look sat that down in the edit and said, you know, we haven't used the F word enough. Let's mm -hmm. go back and recut this section. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I I actually needed to go to the profanity workbook and find this one because I think it was profane back in the day. I just don't know if it still is because I haven't heard it in so long. But anyway. So <laughs> I thought it was funny though that that movie was um, it it was a home run in, in what it tried to do, but I don't think a lot of people in our age group are going to be able to sit through it because they're going to mm. identify with him too much. And the thing is, this is what I said to myself: I don't want to see Bill Burr's character get changed where he acquiesces to the desires of the many. I, oh yeah, I, I, the victory will be if he breaks them all down and they apologize to him. That would right, be the, yeah. but that there's no way this is going to do that. So I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. Am I right? Did you do that? I think or wrong. I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's funny. It seems to me that the appeal of that, his character in that particular scenario is, is kind of what made, uh, uh, Tim Allen's show last man standing a hit was mm -hmm. that, yeah. you know, he was the guy amongst all of the people who were 
morphing into whatever society mm-hmm. wants it to be. And he was the guy who was saying, no, that's crazy. No. <laughs> you know, that show, I, I was, I saw something in passing the other day and, uh, it was showing me the number of episodes that they shot and it, that thing, that last man standing, you know, I told you, I didn't watch the show mm-hmm. because I don't watch much primetime television. And I saw it in the listings and I thought it was something to do with last comic standing and right, knowing yes. that that was a ruse, that it wasn't really people yeah. who auditioned, you know, had never been on stage. These are professional comedians. They're working professional comedians trying to win the last comic standing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I just think comedy is subjective that some, I might think somebody is hilarious and you might not right. like them at all. And exactly. it doesn't mean the yeah. person is good or bad. That, that bothered me a little bit, but yeah. Um, I got confused, so I didn't watch the Tim Allen show. And I'm one of these people that if I've already missed it, yeah, I'm not going yeah. to join in because I'm not a yeah. joiner. And so I like Star Wars. I didn't watch any of them for 30 years mm-hmm. because I didn't see them when they came right. out. I wasn't into them back in the 70s and 80s. I just felt like I would be coming to the late party too late. It'd be, now it would be more interesting to say, I've never seen it. Well, uh-huh. now that it's now that it's gone, you know all that is it's all it is is syndication stuff now you can yeah. go back you can go back and catch it from the beginning right i mean because it's it's actually funny stuff right it's, it's very funny stuff <laughs> gave your older sister Hunter. plenty of advice when she was a teenager what's up oh yeah is that when she got the tattoo or when she came home from her prom pregnant it was it was a funny show let's say oh, wait a minute this is Boy, what's with that woman just when you think she's out of your life she pops back up it's like shingles. <laughs> or worse than Clinton's. Ah! How funny. Get rid of those people. <laughs> but they have an ointment for shingles. <laughs> spray for the Clintons. <laughs> wow. What's that smell? It's the Clintons. <laughs> they come wow. from. That's funny. Okay. So I got to watch that. Yep. <laughs> well, I was looking it up. Tim Allen, that show, you know, he was yeah. on that show. It, it got dumped. I remember when, when you and I were talking about it, when it got dumped by ABC, um, yeah. you and I both, it was an interesting time because it was canceled by ABC on the same day where they renewed uh, Modern Family for two more seasons. Right. And yeah. the ratings, the ratings comparison, they were almost identical. The yeah. um, Everything about the shows, they were on the same network. The ratings were pretty much, the demographics pretty much the same. And yet they cancel Home Improvement and renewed Modern Family for two more seasons. And you're going, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Come on. And yeah. it was funny pointing that out. And then, of course, the uh, show. But you said, I think it's kind of run its course. You know, yeah. a show a, a sitcom really has three to five years. If it's mm-hmm. good, five. If it's an average above, just above average, three. You can get yeah. three decent seasons. But in the fourth one, eh, I'm done. But if you get a good one, you got five plus years. And. After that, eh, you never know. Mm-hmm. And you had pointed it out. You said, you know, I think the show is kind of in that time when it's going to be looking at going away. Yeah. And it, but you were like, this might help it actually. And it did yeah. when they re-signed it, it, with Fox. Yeah. yeah the, when they, they got re-signed, it, it kind of put fresh wind on beneath their wings. They just, right. yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, let's prove ourselves here. Right. right? Didn't they have a couple of characters that. Yeah, are, they did. Okay. They had one of the daughters changed. Uh, (laughs) and it was, and I think they had a gag about it as well, just like they did on Roseanne, you know, and, uh, and it just, uh, uh, let's see, 
Well, they did 194 episodes of Last yeah. Man Standing. Yeah. And uh, there were only, there were 203 of Home Improvement. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, the Home Improvement show of the 90s was just huge mungus. It and, was. uh, it's, it's funny though. I remember, um, I was watching a bio on, on the show. As I, I, cause, you know, I look at the history of stuff all the time. Sure, yeah, yeah. It was comparing Home Improvement, the Tim Allen show in its last season. Uh, was losing its time slot to uh, Frasier, Kelsey Grammer oh. show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it was just one of those things. But Tim Allen's show had, you know, the home improvement had been on since the little kids were young and cute, and now they're all grown and gone to college, and yeah. they're not so cute anymore. So it happens on TV shows that are built around a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just funny because where Tim Allen's show, Home Improvement, was getting about 10 million viewers a week, okay, when it was canceled. It's like, well, when they just stopped doing it. Yeah. And Kramer or Kramer, <laughs> Frazier was getting like 15 million. Mm. And I was looking at those numbers. You realize that when his show, when we were just talking about modern, modern family and, and uh, last man standing, those shows were averaging a little over eight and a half million a week. Mm. So home improvement, when they stopped doing the show, was a much bigger show than yeah. home and when, than the modern family when they renewed it for two years because it was so successful because right, of yeah. how diluted things, you know, there's way more people, but yeah. it's so diluted. We have too yeah. many things, too many niche things to watch yeah. like politics. I, well, it's that. And then, I mean, there's so many, like you said, there's so many choices. Everything is, I mean, everything is everywhere. Now you can watch whatever shifting. you want. Yeah. Whatever you want, whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just wonder how like that me. affects ratings. I don't watch, I don't watch network television at all anymore. Yeah. I, in and fact, when we, you do, do you save and watch it later or, or just watch yeah, it on demand? Yeah, we time, we time shift. Yeah, we yeah. do. We usually do. We, it's not appointment viewing anymore because now you don't have right. to, you know what I mean? Right. You just don't mm-hmm. have to. That's but what I thought find, was amazing. I find us, we'll, we'll lock into a series, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll like, we'll discover something, right? Somebody will suggest, Hey, have you ever seen this show it was on the BBC back in you know, that or whatever channel? And we'll go look at it. And then we'll start at the beginning and we'll, we will binge the entire series right. over a series. We'll watch it every night. Right. We'll watch right. a couple, two or three episodes a night every day. And that's, that's what we do. We just don't watch wow. network TV anymore. We'll just that's exhaust cool. a series. And that's yeah. just what wow. we do. Yeah, I have weird? a feeling a lot of people do that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, it's so funny how we do that now. When you, you know, as you were thinking yeah. about that, as you're talking about that, I was like, I do too. That's how I actually view things, I guess, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just interesting how things have changed, but yet here we look at politics and it's still the same people striving for control. Mm-hmm. You have to wonder why would somebody in the back nine of life, they're already financially stable. They can do whatever, live wherever. Money is not a problem, you know. And that's the one thing about your retirement years. If you, and I mean, you, everybody has to have a hobby, or you're you're going to die in your retirement years if you don't have a plan. But your plan should not be controlling planet Earth with your crazy, you know, mm-hmm. thoughts and yeah. ideas like Montgomery Burns. It's like, <laughs> shouldn't you have some time with family? It shouldn't that. Your great, my greatest desire is not to spend 12 to 14 hours a day working. I want to spend it with my grandkids. You know, that's the future. That's life. It's not life working for somebody for a paycheck. That's ridiculous. Why would, so what is it about these politicians? Are they really the kind of people we want representing us? Because you and I can't identify with them anymore. Can we? No, no. 
I, I know I don't have a, a 20 something thousand dollar refrigerator, two stainless steel side by side refrigerators that cost over $20,000 each. And I don't go buy 20, $30 per half gallon ice cream, you know, <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi. I, and I don't, I don't have, <clears throat> um, I don't have first class airfare everywhere that I want to go or private airfare, air, air travel, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go to a climate conference and speak my mind about it and then hop on a private jet and go to the islands. You know, that's what I mean. If you could do all those things, why would you go to work? If you can already live your life that way and you pointed out before they can't quit, they owe, they owe, they owe, they have to go to work. They owe somebody something. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe they do. And, or, or, or they either owe somebody because they've donated so much to them and they, and they still have to pay off on what they owe or they're true believers. And if they're true believers, that means they're communists and they are dedicated. They've dedicated their lives to destroying the United States of America. That's the only two options. Well, what about on the, on the Republican side? The same thing for the old guys there. Cause we got, there's a share of old people that are yeah, on the right. There are some, there are some, and they've been there for a very long time and they're mm-hmm. party people. Look at them. They're party mm-hmm. people. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've sold mm-hmm. their souls to the, uh, to the okay. GOP. I got you. Yeah. And I, I, I that's the only way I can see it is they've sold their souls to the GOP. And those people, when they talk about, they talk about their politics, they always talk about the party, the party. Yeah. Okay. You know, they always wow. do. And they, they talk about the party and the good of the country. And it's always the party first. Yeah. You know? All right. Like hey, up next. George Washington was right in his farewell address when he warned us, don't get into parties. Don't do this. It'll destroy the country. He was right. The parties are destroying the United States of America. Take a moment and see if you can guess what I'm doing. I'm getting healthy by walking. Walking daily has tons of health benefits, managing weight, lowering cholesterol and blood pressure, and improving your overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or over your lunch break, just take a walk. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. You know, Mark, Donald Trump is proving what you and I believe, and that is you could be more successful by not getting involved with idiots and just put yourself <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> yeah, I'll wow. jump into the fray when I need to, but I don't need to right now. Let them battle it out. I'll let these guys draw all the attention. I'll hang out over here and do my business stuff. And once you guys have beat each other up and you've blackened the eyes and bloodied the lips and pulled the hair, then I'll show up. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, there's. I don't have a problem with him doing it. Right. He's not going to be on the debate stage again. Uh, we'll get into that in a little while. But well, but that's what I was going to get into it now. I mean, what's going on with him? Because you have a thing here about his his lead has doubled, and he right. hasn't yes. done anything with these people. That's what's cracking right. me up. Right. He he's won't just, go up there and he's beating he's, He won't get on the debate stage with the idiots. <laughs> he just won't. He just goes out and talks, right? He gets on his plane, goes to places, and does a rally, and thousands and thousands and oh yeah, more thousands of people show up, <laughs> and and he gets live coverage on on online. Is all the, right. they're all streamed so people can watch them anywhere, and uh, he keeps increasing his lead uh, by double digits since June. While his rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, has continued to fall, 
That's according to the latest USA Today Suffolk University poll. Despite months of legal woes and his decision to skip the first couple of Republican primary debates, Trump has only continued to strengthen his position as the leader of the GOP primary race. The survey found a majority, 58 percent, supporting Trump in the primary nationally, reflecting a 10-point increase since June. Conversely, DeSantis trails by 46 points with 12% support, reflecting an 11-point drop since June when he had uh, 23%. That was back then. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley trails DeSantis closely just by one point, one behind him with 11% support. That's a positive trend for the presidential hopeful as it reflects a seven-point increase since June for her. Every other candidate fell to less than 3% support. Wow. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they know your name or not. Well, Mike Pence, less than 3%. So it's just, so Trump is out there just 58% support and all the rest of them are just (laughs) basically in his backwash, so to speak. (laughs) Wow. That's just really something. It is. That's, I mean, I get it. I understand why, you know, uh, no, maybe I don't. Maybe I, I, it just doesn't surprise me. There's a difference between it doesn't surprise me and understand because I don't understand a lot of things anymore. Mm, thought I did. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, Gary Palmer, the Republican from Hoover. Yeah. Um, in Congress, you know, he's got his hat in the ring for a speaker. And uh, it's interesting because he made a pledge that he would. Uh, I'm trying to remember how he said he would not serve beyond a certain point, And he has broken that pledge, you know, of term limits. And. It's why I tell people all the time, why would you put yourself in a corner on something like term limits? I understand why people talk about it, but why would you limit yourself that way? It doesn't go well for the individual who makes the promise. Usually, I think Mm. Teddy Roosevelt, he made that promise back in the early, you know, because his Teddy Roosevelt was elected to one term of office, but he served eight years as president. The reason was. He was vice president when McKinley was murdered, you know, and, and he right, became yeah. the president, fulfilled all of that term, almost full term. And then he ran and was elected to his own. So he had eight years and he said, that's enough for any man. You know, mm-hmm. the country needs a change. So he didn't run. But when his handpicked successor didn't do what he wanted, he got back in the fray. He shouldn't have, but he mm-hmm. got back in the fray. He couldn't get the Republican Party behind him because they were staying with the incumbent. And they and Teddy Roosevelt started the Bull Moose Party and boom, we end up with a Democrat. And I blame Teddy Roosevelt for the IRS Mm. and the, uh, you know, everything that has befallen us since then, because that's where it all fell apart. And it fell apart when the Republicans had such a divided camp. They could not fight the fight for the people of the United States and the Democrats prevailed. And this is, by the way, whenever somebody says the Democrats have changed, they're not the party of my parents. That go look at the history of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Don't not the PR. Look at the actual part. And again, now we're talking right. parties, which not something Mark yeah. and I are hip to. But the reality, they didn't change. They've always been racist. They've always been the way they are. They yeah. never supported Jewish causes ever. Why do Jews support the Democrat Party? But it boggles the mind. Yeah. I mean, how could you, as a Jew, if you were Jewish, could you be the member of a party that had people like Rashida Tlaib? Mm-hmm. Could you? Yeah. No. How could yeah. you possibly when she wants you dead? Yeah. It's just 
it's mind boggling. It really is mind boggling. How can you stand for and support these people? And the thing is that the Democrats come out and they say all of the things that people want to hear and they promise things that people would like to see happen. And they do. And they say those things and promise those things, usually knowing that they can't deliver. Mm. They, they just can't deliver. It's either it's, it's unconstitutional, illegal, impossible, but they mm. make the promises anyway. Right. Because they know that will get the votes and the people <laughs> who vote for them believe because they want the things that they're promised and told. And they keep yeah. continuing to support those people, even though they never get what they were promised and never get what they were, you know, what, what they were told that they were going to get. It never comes through. Life either stays the same or gets worse under Democrat uh, politicians. I look at all of the Democrat run cities across America. The crime rates are higher than anywhere else. The murder rates are higher than anywhere else. The the problems with every and look at every category. Right. <laughs> it's always worse in Democrat run cities. Always. And yet the people keep going back and voting for them again and again and again. It as just, far as Gary Palmer is concerned, I don't know. Yeah. We'd have to talk to him. He's local. We should be able to get a hold yeah. of him and say, hey, how come it is you're still there? You know, well, he actually he, he addressed it. That that's yeah. the only reason I knew. It. Yeah, he see it was 2014 when he actually made the promise, and I remember that. You know, because I remember thinking he's seen, he's an interesting fellow, Gary Gary he Palmer. Is. Is. I've met him a couple of times. He's I know you guy. have. Yeah, and I I thought you had spent a little bit of time with him, and I have only met him twice. I haven't mm -hmm. spent. I don't know him. I I do well, know people who do know him though. Well, my my exposure has been to shake hands, say how you doing, how you been. Since the last time I saw you, that sort of a thing, because I'm usually the guy running yeah. a board while he's in another room talking to somebody else. You know, well, when I've, I, like I said, my biggest thing is when I have people that I like and trust, they have good things to say about him as a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of really go, what I go by. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, when I shook his hand, he didn't like take out one of his fingers and tickle my palm. So, you know, that was okay. But he didn't, he didn't hold it palm up. <laughs> so right. Where's that donation? He, yeah, literally when he, but when he ran in 2014, uh, he said that he believed in term limits. He believed that, uh, Congress went, people should not serve more than I think. Oh, it was, uh, six terms because two year terms, 12 years. Right. Yeah. And he yeah. said he didn't think senators should serve more than two years, uh, two terms rather, which is 12 years. Yeah. And that's what he kind of ran that as his platform, suggesting he would go for this. And well, here we are now. It's mm. he served his terms and he's running for more. And um, there's a guy that's making a, a fight out of this. Uh, I'm looking at his name, G uh, Garrick Wilkins. I saw it yesterday, but he is actually running uh, for Palmer's seat. Mm. And Palmer said, well, I'm I'm still I'm, I'm going to run. Mm. And Jarek Wilkins is like, but you said. Yeah. You believed in term limits. You said you would not do this. Yeah. So now you're a liar. So I'm running against you anyway, you know. And wow. so that's that's what's going on. And that's what bothers me is when you paint yourself into a corner. You never know what the yeah. future holds. So painting yourself into a corner makes you the bad guy. Like again, I go back to Theodore Roosevelt. There's a guy who was very successful. You know, Theodore Roosevelt is the reason that the Grand Canyon wasn't destroyed by the rich to make factories and stuff that they could, you know, mm, yeah. uh, that's how they, they painted that picture of him as a environmentalist. And I'm sure he did a lot of good things. I liked Teddy, but some of the things that he did when he was acting president and president, but when he became a progressive, I was less likely to be involved in, you know, supporting him. Mm. But I, I don't think the progressive agenda was the same in 1910 or 11, 12, as it is now.
Mm. Maybe I'm, if it is, I'm I'm really wrong. But anyway, I just I tend to look at what we have now as problematic, and I I don't think there's anything new, Mark. And when yeah. I look at when I look at what happened then of where our country was headed, the battles we were fighting, and everything else, it's very similar to a hundred yeah. years ago, one hundred ten mm. years ago. Yeah, it is. And that's sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, you have right. a you have a group of people on the left who believe uh, the true believers uh, who have signed on to the whole progressive slash leftist slash socialist slash communist ideal. Yeah. And they want to reshape the country into that image, which goes right. back to the whole we're, you know, that statement, we're five days away from fundamentally transforming the United uh, States of America. You don't fundamentally wow. transform something you love. Yeah. You restore it. Right. Right. It's like an old, like an old Mustang. You Mm. (laughs) buy that old Mustang and you put it up on blocks and sand on it and work on it and you restore it to its former glory. The same thing with an old house. Mm -hmm. You restore it to its former glory. Maybe, maybe put in the improvements it needs in heating and air and things like that. But that would be about the end of it. You restore things that you love. You don't, you don't fundamentally transform them. A lot of women have learned that lesson the hard way. They decide they're going to get, they're going to hook up with this guy and fundamentally transform him into the man they want him to be. Never works, does it, ladies? Never does. A woman, a woman marries a man banking on they'll be able to make, change them. A man marries a woman banking on the idea she won't change at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both yeah. are surprised. All right. Yeah, um, exactly. Do we have to take a quick time out or can we go right into? Um, we can go. We can just keep on going. So uh, GOP debate, what's going to happen, Mark? We talked about Trump. He's, of course, not going to be on the debate stage. And that leaves how many to be there right now? You can count them on one hand. Three, three candidates appear to have qualified so far for the third Republican presidential debate in Miami on November 8th. Less than half the number that made it to the first and second debates debates earlier in the year. Um, Those who are qualified. As they've changed the requirement to yeah. qualify for each debate. Yes. It's gotten harder and harder to qualify. Sure. But this yeah. is very telling because when we first started out and had all those, you know, oh, the yeah. names, it was a laundry list. That's mm-hmm. why we actually decided to do the podcast was let's introduce you to some of these people, you know, because and we right. made a joke. I think the first week was like a lot of these people, this is the only time you're going to hear about them, except yes. for the day they, they decide not to run anymore, you know? We and, did uh, say that, yes. Yes. And so now that and it's, it's gotten difficult, it's funny because um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm-hmm. He's one of the he's three. He's in that top three. Yeah. I'm not I'm not surprised as people pay attention to him, they like him, but you pointed out he's so new to this that he makes, he said a lot of things that oh, he yeah. can't justify now so mm-hmm. he said he he said a lot of things that people are calling him on and uh like uh, last week sean hannity uh yeah. <laughs> sean hannity yeah. called him out on a bunch of stuff and he says you say yeah. these things this is we have the tape we roll the tape you yeah. said this I was, you know no 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 I, that, <laughs> no i didn't say that well here it is he's gotten busted you never can that's why use the dave theme yes i did that's all you gotta say i did it diffuse well, everything yes i did <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. Those are the three people who have qualified so far. Now, to participate in this third debate, each candidate needs to satisfy fundraising and polling criteria set by the Republican National Committee. They each need to at least have uh, 70,000 campaign donors, 
including at least 200 donors from 20 states or territories. They need support from at least 4% of Republican voters in two national polls or in one national poll and two polls from a short list of early primary states. These polls have uh, to meet RNC standards, but the committee has generally refused to confirm which surveys count. Oh, well, that's helpful. Wow. The, requir- the requirements for the debates have gotten progressively stricter as the RNC has sought to narrow the field of candidates who make it to the stage. Eight candidates qualified for that first debate, seven qualified for the second. For former Vice President Mike Pence and former Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey, the threshold of 70,000 individual donors has proved particularly challenging. Both men appear to have fulfilled the polling criteria, but they have yet to announce that they've met the donor threshold. Candidates have until November 6th to meet the fundraising and polling requirements. Those who do, as part of their debate qualification, must also sign a pledge to follow several RNC guidelines, including making a promise to support the eventual Republican nominee. I'm I'm honestly not very surprised that Mike Pence has not made it because people have just kind of looked at him and gone, eh, you know, (laughs) eh, who cares? And Chris Christie is apparently too busy chasing Donald Trump around to get in his face, right? You know, that's funny. (laughs) That is funny, Mark. But, you know, the um, interesting, you know, you you point out about Mike Pence, one of the, well, not one. I mean, there are plenty of problems with uh, Mike Pence being uh, the vice president under Trump and then basically people seeing him turn on Trump. Yeah. It was a tactical error that he made, but I think it comes back to the swamp. Uh, when Donald Trump resonated with the American people, it was because of the things he was saying. Uh, some could be misconstrued as offensive if that's what you were after, but the reality of what he was saying was there for all to see. And most of us believed he was right. And he was right. Uh, not politically correct, but right. I didn't approve of a lot of the things that he said and done, but you know what? He doesn't need my approval. He's not running for pastor of the country. He's running for president and, you know, running our country is to represent all who live here, not just what I believe. And that includes people who really totally disagree with him. He has, you know, they're Americans. Uh, that's what I believe it is that diversity that makes us great. But the problem I have with what we are dealing with now is the, the left, the liberals, that I think about going to college and when I was in college in the back in the day, it was difficult on people who leaned conservative. If you were a Christian conservative, it was tough. It is downright oppressive. You have to shut up and sit in the back of the room. You can't, if you say what you are, people think you are fair game. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to go after anybody, but they can all come after you for what you believe in. And yet you have to be accepting of everything they plan. And it's just the reality of them pointing a finger at you saying, you have to tolerate me. You have to be tolerant, but they're the most intolerant people. Mm. They don't realize that while they expect me to be tolerant of them, they have to be tolerant of me, somebody they disagree with. Yeah. It go, it's a two way street. And I don't understand how they get away with acting like they do. I really don't. Mm. But, hey, that's for another day. Maybe so. Do not watch All Deads on Netflix. You'll you'll be mad. Just saying. <laughs> or watch it. And, you know. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> I just, the crowd of people yeah. that weren't there, offended by what somebody said, mm. and they took such offense, they cried. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. 